This is an Equity Mates Media podcast. Welcome to Equity Mates Uncovered. Every company has a story worth telling, and on this podcast, we'll be bringing the companies to you so you can hear from them in their own words. Welcome to Uncovered by Equity Mates. Today, Ren, we are doing Viva Leisure. Yeah, that's right. Ticker uh, is VVA. Since launching Uncovered by Equity Mates, this is our first uh, Bryce and Alec episode. It's good to be back. Yes. Uh, <laughs> we've spoken to some uh, really interesting ASX-listed CEOs. We've spoken to Scott Kirkland from EM Vision. Uh, we've spoken to Steve Whedon from Imricor Medical Systems. But with Uncovered, we also want to sit down, you and I, and unpack some really interesting companies that get a little bit less attention than the top end of town. Mm. Because there's fascinating companies out there doing really interesting things, working on hard problems, building great businesses, and they just don't get any media or analyst attention. The motto here at Uncovered is every company has a story worth telling. And today we're telling the story of Viva Leisure. The ASX ticker is VVA. Now, this is a request that has come in from our Facebook discussion group. So if you're interested in uh, us unpacking a company or getting in touch with their CEO as part of the series, then please head to the group and let us know and we'll make sure we do our best to, uh, to reach out to them or, or unpack the company. Or if you want to come on the show and unpack it with us, yeah, please. please do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, uh, before we get into it, we should remind everyone while we are licensed, uh, we're not aware of your personal financial circumstances. All information is for education and entertainment purposes only. Uh, any advice is general advice. And most importantly, when we're doing these uncovered episodes, when we're speaking to CEOs or we're unpacking a company ourselves, we're not making a buy, hold or sell recommendation. We want to just tell the story of these companies. Um, it's the start of your research process. But let's start, Bryce. And let's start with the club group, as it was called back in the day. Yeah, well, just to caveat, the, the Viva Leisure as it is today is a leading health and fitness club provider op- yeah. operator yeah uh people might be familiar with club lime mm. maybe not if you're not from canberra no we had an, a community member four years ago i'm going to say it. come on and pitch club lime they were from canberra yeah 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 but because of that everyone knows about it now. yeah well now it's now it's gone beyond canberra i was about to sing the theme song but i'm not going to okay yeah, don't <laughs> yeah. but yes let's start with the founding story of the club group founded in 2004 as the club group Glad they changed that name. Yes. Yeah. Uh, started in Canberra, as we said, uh, founded by the Constantino family, the eldest son, Harry Constantino, the CEO, and then Angelo Constantino, the CTO of the business since inception. And it started as a gym chain. Hmm. A lot of gym chains in Australia, nothing super notable about it early days. And it really grew organically in Canberra. And then by acquisition as well. 2012, Fitness First in Wollongong. 2018, Elite Physique, Canberra. Accelerate 24-hour fitness Wagga Wagga. I've been there. Have you? Yeah, big time. I know exactly which gym it is. And um, it's more, it's, it was definitely one of the more popular ones. I'm just thinking about it now. When I, and I, I even went back to it when I went back most recently. On was the, it still on the edge of the town. was it still called Accelerate? Still called Accelerate, yeah. Massive, no one in there. I would have thought they would have changed the name. Branding, I think, in little towns like that. 
Yeah. Accelerate. And then the other big one is workout classic. <laughs> and it's had a couple of name, cha- it's had a couple of owner changes, but they always keep the name. Right. Institutions. Absolute Fitness Golden, Fitness 24-7 Albury, Project Fitness Group ACT. I mean, the big thing that stands out about that list. Rural. Well, Canberra and surrounds. Wagga, Wollongong, Goulburn, Albury. It's all like Southern New South Wales, Northern Vic. And that was the story of like, I mean, that's the story of fitness in Australia. Like a lot of small operators and... um, and then you get into the world of franchises and stuff like that. We'll get to that. We'll talk about the competitive landscape later. But I guess this was like your classic roll-up. Mm. It was a good operator that was buying more and more uh, companies and adding them to their their stable. And, you know, you find synergies. You have one back office operations and you then can start buying things in bulk. You know, you can order benches and dumbbells in you know, massive quantities and, and you can get a cheaper unit price and you keep rolling them up and you keep making each one a little bit more profitable because you get the benefits of scale. Like that that was the story early days. Mm. Yeah. Weirdly as well, like Fitness First it would have been a franchise. I think all the rest would have been standalone, if that makes sense. You mean like Fitness 24-7, yeah, Aubrey and yeah, Absolute Fitness yeah, Golden? Just the niche yeah. or just the standalone. Anyway, Ren, on the 7th of June, 2019... Just after they purchased Project Fitness Group in the ACT, Viva Leisure became the first fitness center operators in Australia to be listed on the ASX, as we said at the top under the ticker VVA. Yeah. Surprising for me that there were no other listed gyms. Is it? Yeah, I would have thought some. And we'll get to Fitness First and their private equity owners in a second. Um, But it just surprised me that of all the thousands of companies listed on the ASX, there was Gyms. no health or fitness clubs. Yeah, I guess because a lot of them are standalone in like you've but, got the big guys. But a lot of them are also franchise operators where it's like you have your your parent brand and then hundreds of franchisees underneath or tens of mm. dozens of franchisees underneath. Like mm. Anyway. Anyway. So, Bryce, that's the founding story. If we look at the company today, it has 342 current facilities around Australia. That's split into company-owned, where they own and operate it, and then franchised. And they've got a, a footprint across the ACT, New South Wales, Queensland, Victoria, and Western Australia. So, from humble beginnings in Canberra, they've really spread across Australia. Kind of like equity mates. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, Viva Leisure is the parent company. Club Lime is the biggest gym, but it's not the only gym. No, they have a number of other brands around. I'm going to be honest. I actually hadn't heard of many of these. I have heard of Club Lime. The second largest is Hit Republic, a boutique gym with 27 corporate locations. Then they've got Plus Fitness, 24 corporate locations. Ground Up, another boutique with three corporate locations. Uh, Cycle Life, spelt P-S-Y-C-L-E. <laughs> nice. That? Love that with two corporate locations. Rebalance Pilates and Yoga with 10. And then Club Lime Aquatics with two. So if you think about that from a portfolio approach, they've got Club Lime, which is your stock standard, you know, go and Gym. pump iron. Yeah. Hit Republic, which is like small group classes, 
Plus Fitness is similar to Club Lime. It's really their franchise business. We'll touch on that in a second. Ground Up. I actually couldn't tell you what Ground Up is just from the name. It's expensive. I can tell you that much. $76 a week. Yeah. Cycle Life then is their cycling studio. You know, like what's the one, the massive one in the US? Um, Soul Cycle. Soul Cycle. Rebalance, Pilates and Yoga. It's in the name. And then Club Lime Aquatics Pool. So it's a portfolio of gym brands that really cover a lot of the different fitness Health and fitness. Yeah. 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 Um, And as you mentioned, there's different price points. Um, Ground up being the most expensive between $54 and $76 per week is what they're targeting. And Club Lime being the cheapest or Club Lime and Plus Fitness. Plus Fitness being $13 to $19 per week. Club Lime $12 to $27 per week. So that's your stock standard gym membership. Now... You mentioned that Plus Fitness had 24 corporate locations. It also has 174 franchise locations. Wow. And so that's where, you know, small business owners operate a Plus Fitness location. They pay a franchise fee to Viva Leisure for the branding and the promotion and the back office systems and the like. Um, And then they basically run it as their own business, but with a, under the, plus fitness brand yeah but it's the only one of those that we've spoken about that has franchise locations yeah everything else is corporate run now uh really interestingly when we were looking at this and we'll we'll expand on this more in the future stuff but really interesting so in their half one presentation so about six or seven months ago they said they were uh they had plans to also franchise hit republic and I th- the rebalance Pilates and yoga, like that was in the works. Uh, in the end of year presentation, so the presentation in August, those comments fell out of the presentation, shall we say. Not the time. Uh, well, instead they mentioned that uh, Hit Republic was having some difficulties. Mm. So yeah, not the time. Mm. It's one of those things that in times of in times of high cost of living pressure, I imagine... The gym membership that is not used at a, <laughs> as often as first thought when you sign up is probably one of the first things to go. Yeah, you trade in the fifty dollar a week gym membership yeah. for a twelve dollar a week gym, gym yeah. membership, or you just cut or you completely. just just run. Yeah, yeah. So a pretty vast network there, Ren. You mentioned three hundred forty-two current facilities, thirty-two facilities opening soon. However. Across the entire network, they have membership of 343,325 people. Yeah. which rep- Questions around how many of those are all hitting the gym. But what? it represents 2% of the Australian population between 15 and 69 years of age. Yeah, it's pretty wild, isn't yeah. it? I, I think to your comment around how many of those people are hitting the gym, isn't that, isn't that the whole point of gyms? If they had 100% attendance, it wouldn't work. Yeah, be too busy. Like they have to oversell their memberships yeah. and they have to rely on people not coming. 100%. Yeah. yeah. Um, so think about that. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the only business that would collapse if all of their customers were actually customers. True. Yeah. So they're growing 4,162 net member growth in the past three months. So that obviously assumes those that have joined, but also those that have left. Uh, the median age of members is 31.7 and they do 2,401 classes every week, which is pretty crazy. 75,456 visits over the past 30 days. So pretty significant footprint. 
Yeah. Really pumping out the numbers there. Well, with 103 corporate-owned Club Limes, it's the largest, like Club Lime itself is the largest non-franchised health club in the country. So, like, they're big. It's just so interesting. Like, maybe it's just where we live, but... Yeah, I, I couldn't tell you I where... I couldn't tell you any of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Couldn't t- could, haven't seen them. Yeah, or, or I mean, if, I, if you just asked me, Cole, before we started researching this, what's the biggest gym franchise in australia fitness first i would have said fitness first as yeah, well yeah they have 50 locations no i find that incredible. they're tiny but 10 of them are in cbd sydney yeah maybe that says something about us i know yeah, yeah. um anyway. so as uh, so if we get if we sort of turn to the uh the money how how viva makes money there's two ways so the company owned I mean, there's a lot of smaller ways, but at a high level conceptually, there's two ways they make money um, from members and then from franchise fees. So at the company owned locations, you and I sign up for a gym membership. The company hopes that we never actually rock up and we pay between 10 and $100 a week for the privilege. Yeah. <laughs> so that's your classic gym membership model. And then uh, in the franchise locations, the franchisee makes money from the memberships and then they have to pay a percentage of their revenue and some other fees to the franchisor. The, um, I think I got that the right way around. Yeah. Franchisee, franchisor. Yeah. Either way, they pay fever leisure. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so in their 20, FY23 results, they had 171 company owned and 175 franchised. However, the financials since IPO in 2019 have showed some pretty strong revenue growth. 2019, we had $31 million in rev. 2020, $41 million. 2021, $84 million, so double. 2022, $91 million. And then 2023, $141 million. So more than what quadrupled their revenue in the space of five years. Mm, that's what you would expect to see in a roll-up business. You know, we've seen it across like healthcare, dentists, gyms here, a whole bunch of different fields. We've seen these roll-ups come to market, pet care and, um, you know, all that stuff. Uh, and so, like, you, you see top-line revenue growing really quickly because every year they're really expanding their number of locations. It's fascinating that the impact of COVID doesn't really show through there. Like, yeah. there's no drop in revenue. Unless well, it's the small gap between the 84 million and the 91 million. I guess that's and a slowdown. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm pretty sure Fitness First paused your membership. Yeah. And they said, um, you know, we're not, we're not going to charge you for whatever X period. Yeah. And it was quite a lengthy period. And I remember they were sort of, there were signals that they were struggling and needed a bit of mm. cash behind them. But anyway. Yeah. The question is, Ren, is growth in revenue always profitable growth? Yeah, that's the thing with roll-ups. Are they actually getting the synergies that they put in their investor deck? Are they actually saving on back office costs and getting the benefits of scale and stuff like that? And so that's the question that people had. As you mentioned, the last few years have been difficult to assess gyms. COVID was really clouded the numbers. The company made losses in 2020, 2021, and 2022. But right. you know, that's sort of to be expected, I guess. They were profitable in 2023. They made $3.5 million profit. Nice. Off $141 million in revenue. So like you, you love to see that they are profitable. 
up from a $12.1 million loss last year as well. So you love Good to see story. a $15 million turnaround. <laughs> as you mentioned, big jump up in revenue this year, up 55% to that $141 million mark. Their average revenue for, per member is also increasing. It was $14.5 a year ago. Now it's $15.5. So that would be a metric that you'd want to see as well. But Bryce, I think that sort of sums up the company and where it's at. It's one of the biggest gym operators in Australia. If you want to invest in the sector, it's the only listed gym operator in Australia. It's built a pretty incredible business, gone from a few health clubs to over 300. It makes money from memberships directly at its corporate stores and then from franchise fees at its franchised stores or franchise gyms. But the question is where to from here for Viva? So let's take a quick break and then talk about the competitive landscape and then where the company sees its future in that landscape. Uncovered, where every company has a story worth telling. All right, welcome back to Uncovered by Equity Mates. We are unpacking Viva Leisure. Viva. Australia's uh, only listed gym operator, uh, at least it was at the time since 2019, and mm. I can't think of anyone others off the top of my head. Um, F45. Great point. <laughs> not listed on the ASX. Not on the ASX, yeah. May not be listed for long. Yeah, under a lot of pressure. Uh, but is listed over in the United States. A good Aussie company story. Um yeah. Anyway, well, well, that's a whole other story that we can unpack yes. some other time. So before the break, Bryce, we were talking about Viva, um, Club Lime, its big brands. And one thing that we mentioned that we were surprised how big it was relative to the gym that we're both members at. Oh, well, actually, are you a member of Fitness First? I'm not. I'm okay. in, I'm no, soon to be. Okay. Well, yeah. the gym that we were and I am and you may soon to be members at Fitness First first so between franchise locations and corporate locations viva has 342 gyms fitness first has 50 i think 55 um but give us a snapshot of the competitive landscape all right Ren. so the largest operator which i found surprising but now that i'm thinking about it, it's not that surprising is anytime fitness Mm. 530 locations around Australia as of March 2023, followed by what we just spoke about, F45, 443 locations. That surprised me. Like, I I know we sort of see it everywhere, but to be as big, well, you know, the second biggest in the country and from a brand perspective, like... I don't know. It just surprised me. Like small group training classes being as big as just your stock standard will slap a bunch of treadmills and a few weights in a room and call it a day. I reckon more appealing for franchisees though. L- much lower true, much true. lower cost to set up. All you need is a room. You got a door. No, you no. You still got to get equipment and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, but you're not decking out um, like, like treadmills, treadmills and, like yeah, and yeah, yeah. bench press and any of those it's a it's kettlebells and a few pilates mats and <laughs> yeah okay, <laughs> you know okay. what i mean yeah, yeah, yeah. anyway 443 locations is the second largest player in the market then we've got viva which we've spoken about um then comes in snap snap fitness 339 locations around australia and then uh, the fifth largest is fitness and lifestyle group now they own and operate fitness first Good Life 
and Zap. So that's the top five players. They all, they I think they have about seven in total in their company. Um, they're the big three that we're talking about here. They've got a few others in like um, across Southeast Asia, but one other one that's in Australia that's worth mentioning, Barry's. Barry's, yes. Oh, they own Barry's. They yeah. are the exclusive licensee in yeah. like Australia, New Zealand, some of Southeast Asia. Yeah. Um, Very few locations of those around Australia. In though. Australia, six locations. Yeah. yeah. Fitness and lifestyle group, let's put a pin in them because they're really interesting and let's get back to them. But keep keep taking me through the list. So that was the top five. So that's else? the top five. Let's just close out the, the next five. We've got 183 locations for BFT. Body fit training, I think. Body fit yeah. training, yeah. nice. 127 locations for Jets. Uh, 123 locations for Fit Stop. Number nine is... Fernwood. Fernwood, ah, yes. Another one that was in Canberra when we were there. And then closing out number 10 with 40 locations is Genesis. The tail then is uh, down to sort of nine locations at probably the 20th largest in Australia, which is called... Fitness Cartel. Fitness. No, Fitness Cartel. Fitness maybe? Cartel. I can't even read that. Fitness. Virgin, yeah. Virgin Active, uh, 11 locations. That surprises me. I thought there were way more than that. So those gyms, or I think there's probably about 20 gyms here, make up 50% of the Australian fitness market. And then there's just a long tail of uh, a couple of locations here or single gym yeah. operators after that. The Wagga, the Wagga Special, the the Workout, the Accelerate, the single, yeah, single yeah, yeah. gym operators. Oh, well, not just Wagga Special, like also like the super high-end premium boutique yeah, gyms, yeah, like, yeah. you know, the Vaucluse Special. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or yeah. Locker Room. Yeah, or well, you go. Yeah. Most expensive gym in Sydney. <laughs> no. Must be nice. <laughs> so um, I think the takeaway here, Ren, long story short, is it's competitive. It's so competitive and yeah. it's so fragmented. Yeah. You know, uh, there are a couple of big operators, but even the big operators don't have like unassailable scale. No. And I think when we think about competition in gyms, the products are very substitutable. Like a gym is a gym is a gym most of the time. And, you know, like F45 will tell you it's the best workout you'll ever have. So will Barry's. But there's... Oh, it's actually dead. Yeah, yes. best workout yeah. in the world. <laughs> but there's a lot of substitutable options. The switching costs come in the contractual terms mm. and how hard it can be to get out of mm. gym contracts. But it's a competitive landscape, which isn't really telling anyone anything they didn't know. I wanted to put a pin in Fitness and Lifestyle Group. Let's unpin that because it is a fascinating company. So it's owned by the massive private equity player Quadrant. And Quadrant, uh, basically, they did a classic roll-up of a whole bunch of different gym brands. In 2016, on October 2016, they bought Good Life Health Clubs. In November 2016, they bought Jets Australia, which now is a separate brand, actually, interestingly. And then in December 2016, they bought Fitness First. So, in the Quadrant offices in late 2016, they had a thesis around gyms, clearly, and they went on a shopping spree. Uh, they've also got now got a number of other gym brands, um, as we mentioned, Barry's, but also they've got the licenses for some. Uh, oh, you know what? I think they have jets in like New Zealand and Thailand from memory. Um, but anyway, they've got, uh, I think, seven different gym brands across Southeast Asia, Australia and New Zealand. Um, Quadrant have done well out of this gym mm. Um operation but as we know the model with private equity is never to just hold things forever it's to 
roll them up, split them up, do what you need to do, turn them around and then either sell them or IPO. And from reporting from the Australian, Quadrant is looking to sell Fitness and Lifestyle Group and get more than a billion dollars from it. My call out to them, IPO it instead. <laughs> like seriously, don't just sell it to some other deep pocketed private company. Like you've built a, a meaningful- Would help. you invest? Well, I just think people should have the choice to invest. Fair. I'm not saying that I am desperate to get into the health and fitness mm. uh, industry it's not a as an investor. Model that excites me. But I just, uh, I think it's sad that people don't have the choice to invest. That we're living through a world where more and more listed companies are becoming unlisted companies, and that's locking people like you and I out from participating. Yeah. If you want to join that conversation, come over to Equity Mates Investing. We'll pick it up next week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like Sydney, Sydney Airport is a classic example of a great company that a lot of people, a lot of people like you and I could have made money from. Could have sat in our portfolios Did? for 20 years. Yeah, 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 yeah. And instead now, uh, massive super funds are going to make money from it. Oh, that's the that's that's the trend that's going to continue with the super, yeah. the super fund cash that they've got. Anyway, Ren, let's have a look at the future for Viva Leisure because if this is publicly listed and it's important to think yeah. about where until the, some until a super fund buys it out. <laughs> so there's a few interesting health and fitness trends that have emerged from their strategic review, which was part of their FY23 results. Firstly, they've seen a shift in usage patterns away from group class participation back to individual training, which is interesting. You know, that, that was the rise of F45, the rise of Barry, this group, this group training. Now people are going back to the individual. I think what you said earlier about the cost of living being a key driver of that makes sense. What do you mean? Well, I mean, F45 and Barry's, well, especially Barry's, is, oh, a, lot a, more, class is a lot more expensive than a, yeah, yeah. your stock standard gym. Yes, that is very true. Yeah. That is very true. Secondly, Ren, they've seen an increase in awareness on the importance of recovery and wellness. Yep. That's your ice baths and your protein shakes. Yep. Saunas. <laughs> Saunas. Um, uh, yeah. Stretching. Pilates, yep. yoga. And then a scarcity of instructors in some regions and a shift in group training post-COVID has created underperforming hit Republic locations, high intensity um, locations. Well, that's, yeah, that hit Republic is their, yeah, yeah their brand. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's interesting. I guess, you know, what they're saying is that the trend is back towards like the club limes and the, what was the, the franchise one called? Plus fitness, plus, plus fitness. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I guess the beauty of a portfolio model like this, and they've, they've called it out in their results and, and their sort of strategic outlook is they do have the ability to just rebadge locations. So if the trend is going in one direction and a hit Republic is underperforming, they could just rebadge it as a club line, chuck some treadmills in, some benches, and you know, like, just refit it. Yeah. Um, whereas some of their competitors don't have that luxury. Like Anytime Fitness is anchored to the Anytime Fitness model, and like that's a competitive advantage as Viva sees it. They can't completely do everything. Like they couldn't turn a club lime into a club lime aquatic without no. some Redoing. serious work. Yeah. Um, but like it is, it is. Gyms are generally just shells. Like you don't need a lot of bespoke outfitting. Yeah. You know, so you yeah. can flick them around. Unless you're, um, what's the virgin platinum that's just got 
the pool, the spa, the... Never been It's got Twilight. everything. Yeah, Mayadai. Anyway. Wait, well, how do you know what's in it? Well, I've heard about them. Okay. <laughs> in gym circles. So, the I think when we talk about the future of Viva, they are still a company that sees themselves with plenty of growth opportunity and they're investing for that growth. In their half one results, they spoke about two companies that they'd agreed to acquire or two gyms that they'd agreed to acquire. So, they're still buying. In their full year F23 results, they spoke about 11 new greenfield locations. So, they've bought um, new land essentially and they're building a gym or it's going to be part of a new development. And then 20 to 27 gyms they're looking to upgrade this year. So, they've got a capital program that they're putting money into. I think when we're talking about growth uh, as Club Lime sees it, they see a lot of opportunity in some of the bigger states where they're building their footprint. And to put numbers to that, the ACT is still 31% of their membership base. New South Wales has just overtaken them to be number one recently. They're now 34% of their membership base. Vic is just 13%. Queensland, 17%. WA 5%. So the company would think, you know, while the ACT is still a third of their members, they have heaps of growth opportunity in other states. Mm. Whether that is true or not is a question for people in the company and thinking about investing in the company because some of those other states have a lot of big players and are potentially more crowded. But, you know, we've done heaps of content on housing recently. The populations of New South Wales and Victoria are growing incredibly quickly. Southeast Queensland is growing incredibly quickly. I mean, Australia's population is growing incredibly quickly. As we build more housing and, you know, especially as we push out in the suburbs, there's going to be a land grab for these gyms because you want a gym that's close to you. It's kind of like a supermarket. Like the best gym is the closest gym with good parking and they're going to be fighting with, you know, Fitness First, Anytime Fitness, Plus Fitness, all of them. Well, not Plus Fitness because it's their brand. Mm. Um, to, To get these primo locations in these new housing developments uh so ren you mentioned at the top they were looking to franchise some of their other brands hit republic and rebalance pilates and yoga but in the most recent fy23 prezzo that seems to have fallen away a little it does yeah 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 keep a watch on that but to close they are trying to expand their revenue base away from just membership revenue their non-membership revenue they're expecting at least 20 million dollars to come from their non-membership revenue in fy23 which which represents about 14 percent of total revenue where that's coming from obviously franchise income of about seven and a half million vending machines 1.8 million getting all those proteins protein drinks on the way out personal training license fees 3.3 million i'm assuming that's where a personal trainer pays to be uh, part of the gym yeah. or access the gym. For, I, I think personal trainers are rarely employees yeah. at like the bigger chains. Contractor base it's like, yeah, 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 yeah. So they're really trying to um, find alternative revenue streams outside of just the membership. They do have down here additional upside expected from other opportunities currently being considered. Yeah, yeah. So I guess to sum that up, it's a big gym business that three, sees three areas of growth. Number one is growing the number of locations. Number two is expanding their franchise offering. So corporate locations, their franchise offering. And then number three is finding more ways to squeeze the lemon, you know, get more juice out of each member. 
and that's you know things that you mentioned vending machines and personal training license fees and you know they've even got digital signage they make about 300 grand a year from so i'm assuming that's the fitness first that i go to has a whole bunch of digital signs and it's just yeah, ads yeah, that ads. play on it yeah. um yeah uh, I often think that would be a good place for equity mates to advertise because everyone's got their headphones in at the gym. Probably, we're probably not good workout content to listen to. You'd be surprised how many people listen to podcasts when they work out. Well, I wouldn't be that surprised because I listen to podcasts often. That's I why, that's why don't. I don't lose a lot of weight. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think you know they they definitely can. You can definitely make a lot of money from advertising when you've got a massive captured audience who all have their phones in their pocket and have a minute between sets sitting there thinking about, oh yeah, maybe I should listen to Equity Mates or buy some protein or go on a holiday to Indonesia. Anyway, um, that's I think that's probably the story of Viva. Love it. Share price is up 50% since IPO. It's been on a bit of a roller coaster, but it looks like since sort of start of 2023, the market is uh, is liking the story that they're putting out and it's slowly turning. So yeah, I, I think, you know, the, the question that we got in the Facebook discussion group was that they thought it was undervalued. Um, you could definitely make the argument that it is. You could definitely make the argument that it's a highly competitive gym chain in a very fragmented industry with no customer loyalty and low switching costs aside from difficult to extract yourself from contracts you could definitely make the counter argument but like i could see where uh the anonymous poster in our facebook group was coming from yeah i'd want to see a few more years of profit i think yeah yeah Yeah. It, it is it's just like it's a fascinating company and like shout out to the family that just has done this it's a it's a good business story the roll up model well if you have a company that you would like us to unpack here at Equity Mates as part of our Uncovered series, or if you have a company that you would like us to reach out to their CEO and interview, or if you'd like to come on the show and talk about a company with us, plenty of options there. Hit us up at contact at equitymates.com. You can also um, send us a DM in our Instagram or on our Facebook discussion group. So uh, thank you to the Equity Mates community member who uh, inspired us for this one. Please do keep them coming. And uh, remember to check out all of the other Uncovered episodes that are currently available in the Uncovered by Equity Mates feed now. But Ren, we'll leave it there and we'll pick it up in the next episode. Sounds good. Thank you for listening to this episode of Uncovered by Equity Mates. A reminder that nothing on this podcast should be taken as a buy, hold or sell recommendation. This podcast is intended to uncover new ideas and be the start of your research process, not the end of it. If you would like a company featured on Uncovered by Equity Mates, please reach out to contact at equitymates.com. Equity Mates Media operates under Australian Financial Services Licence 540697. You have been listening to an Equity Mates Media production. In the spirit of reconciliation, Equity Mates Media acknowledges the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. This podcast is intended for education and entertainment purposes. 
Any advice is general advice only and has not taken into account your personal financial circumstances, needs or objectives. Before acting on general advice, you should consider if it is relevant to your needs and read the relevant product disclosure statement. And if you're unsure, please speak to a financial professional. The hosts of this podcast and their guests may have positions in the companies mentioned. Equitymates Media operates under an Australian Financial Services Licence 540697.